Now we're going to turn to the root of all that, fear. What's the thing that you are most afraid of? Think about it. Is it heights, spiders, death? Well, regardless of what it is, everyone is scared of something. It's natural, but what happens when a fear makes it difficult to live your life? To learn more about fear and what we can do to overcome them, we are joined by Tyler Fortman, a clinical psychologist. Hi, Dr. Fortman. Welcome. Hi. Nice to meet you. So you specialize in treating fear and anxiety. Where did your interest come from? Yeah, I was really interested in judgment and decision making and how people sort of move through the world that has things that are really scary and things that aren't so scary. And how do we decide what we're going to engage with and what we're not going to engage with? Yeah. Um, and so as I sort of got into that, it, it steamrolled into, okay, and, and why is it that some fears are a moment, a, a sort of like jump scare kind of experience, and then others become this sort of like chronic anxiety that really becomes it's debilitating like for people. Yeah. yeah. So let's, let's dig in a little bit more into fear, right? So it's a, a natural instinct. What exactly is happening in our brain, though, when that kind of fear kicks in, the, the natural instinct type of fear? Yeah. So th we have a, a small organ in the middle of our brain, the amygdala. It's shaped like an almond. It's part of the limbic system. And, and this system is responsible for many of our emotions. And what it does is it connects <clears throat> a stimulus to previously like learned experiences. So we know how to react. And what's happening is that the amygdala lights up when we, when we experience a, a feared stimulus. Yeah. It lights up. It starts to get really active. It tells the nervous system then to also get active. That releases neurochemicals, releases hormones like adrenaline and cortisol um, that get our body ready to start moving, right? So the, yeah. the, the physical experience that, that we're used to with fear, the heart racing and the shortness of the breath, sweating, these are all responses that started here at the amygdala. The other thing that's happening in our brain is that our cortex, the cerebral cortex, that is responsible for, for rational thinking and reasoning gets shut off. And so it, when, we're, when we're really afraid, it's not a good time to be making sort of rational decisions because that part of our brain isn't even working. Oh. And so but we, what do we do usually? We make rational we make decisions. decisions. Yeah, or we certainly try, yeah. right? And, or we do really things that seem really dumb and as, when we look at them when our cerebral cortex is working and we see things like screaming when this, this scary person in the movie is like, walking right past the door. Well, this wouldn't be a good time to scream. You're trying to hide. But, but what's happening for that person is that <laughs> so the cortex isn't working. And That's so the, literally what I would do. Yeah. And so th th it's a pretty normal, it's a, it's a normal experience. Your brain is taking over and preparing your body for, for fight or flight. So can this type of fear be healthy? Is that possible? Yeah. Fear itself is a core emotion. It's something we all experience. And it's really important that we we know that it's something that we experience and that we get, we have some um, tolerance to welcome it, to notice it, to feel it. Um, because when we don't, that's when it starts to become more pathological. I feel like half the country has anxiety at this point, right? Um, those are just my numbers, but you know, it just seems pretty sure. accurate with all the things going on. Uh, is anxiety different from fear though? It is. Yeah. How so? So, so, Fear is actually the core emotion. It is, it is the, the body's physical response to a stimulus. Anxiety is our reaction to that emotion. And so when fear is preparing our body to respond to the stimulus, to fight or to, to, to flee, yeah. right? Anxiety is telling us to push that experience down, right? Mm -hmm. that, that the fear is not okay or it can't, be, it can't be experienced in that moment. And that 
often becomes the anxiety, that, that piece of the experience often becomes what becomes lasting and also um, debilitating for people. So walk us through some of the most common types of anxieties and fears. Sure. So um, fears, we can think of fears like the, the kinds of things that, that you mentioned, sort of spiders or yeah. heights. Um, th these things are, are scary. Um, ostracization from a group, right, or embarrassment. We might feel fears that, fear of that. Um, the anxieties then are often are often more um, they're they're more chronic. They're more lasting mm -hmm. um, because they are. When might I experience this fear, and how? What should I do about it to try to avoid um, that that fear experience? The, the experience of fear is, is can be really painful. It can also be pleasurable, but it can be really painful. Yeah. So we've talked about fear as a natural instinct, but there are other kinds of fears. What are they? Yes. Um, so, so fears can be learned based on experiences that we've had in our lives, right? And so if you think about a person that has had some kind of, some sort of trauma experience, or mm -hmm. you think of a person who um, has a car, a car is not inherently scary, um, but we can develop an anxiety around being in a car if we have something, we have a, a, a level of fear from that car. We have a car accident or yeah. something that's really sort of traumatic. And then, then we develop an anxiety that cars actually are, they're conditioned. They're, they are a, a connection to that, that scary experience. So I got a question for you. So one of our producers, Meha, is afraid of everything. <laughs> if she sees a spider, in the house, she's not sleeping in that house until it's dead. Mm. How does she get over this? <laughs> it's a good question. Sounds kind of <laughs> debilitating. We could talk after offline after the show, but uh, oh, she's listening. Go ahead. She's listening. Okay, great. Um, so, so that what we need to do first is normalize that the the physical experience of fear is normal and it and and it's not going to kill you, right? It is your body doing what your body's supposed to do. Your brain, and we are built this way, we've evolved this way, to be able to respond to things that, that are scary or potentially dangerous to us. It's kind of good, we want it to happen. Yeah. On the flip side, when that experience, when we've associated that experience with something that we're not allowed to have, either because someone has told us that we're not allowed to be afraid, we feel like the, the experience itself is overwhelming, then we have this this sense of anxiety, and it sounds like that the experience around spiders is is an anxiety. So she's experience. normal, yeah. And she's, this she's, spider needs to die. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. and, and the only way to do it is to approach it, right? Uh, to to slowly approach get, the spider to get to to not actually uh, run from run Dr. from the Fortman. house. Doctor <laughs> this could be yeah chaotic. But but over time, to slowly bring bring oneself closer and closer to the thing that's scary. Yeah, and calm calm your nervous system down and bring yourself closer and closer until that we've we've un unhitched the connection between yeah. the stimulus and the anxiety. So I want you to help us understand the crossover from fear being a natural instinct to an incapacitating one, right? So what's an example of a fear that could ruin someone's life? Fears of fears of flying for example, I mean I don't know that ruins people's lives, but if you were a salesperson and you needed to move around the country on planes and all of a sudden you you have a fear of you have an anxiety around flying that yeah. ruins people's lives right the um can we think of these as phobias 
Or is, is that different from? We can, yes, yeah. And, and so phobias, and really what's, what becomes incapacitating and ruins people's lives are the anxieties, right? They're the reactions to the fear. I see. The, the experience of getting on the plane and your, your heart starting to race and your breath getting short, it doesn't kill you and actually you're fine. But as that develops into an anxiety and then you no longer get on planes, that can I dramatically see. change your life. Yeah. Or let's say you're afraid to, to talk in rooms in front of people. I know you don't get that. But me. Uh, <laughs> let's imagine you did. That, that could certainly uh, change the course of the kind of places that, that you would allow yourself to go. Yeah, that, that's true. This is Reese Adam, Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about fear. How do you overcome your fears and how do you stop them from ruining your life? Here to tell us more is clinical psychologist Tyler Fortman. So do you think that there is a stigma around fear? There is, yes. Um, we, we socialize people that fear is bad, that, that it's something that we shouldn't, we shouldn't experience, or that somehow we're supposed to have a magic switch that we just flip off and that it, we aren't impacted by fear. Yeah. In fact, the much more empowering thing to do is to, to allow ourselves to, to say that we're normal, to, to experience fear. So you want to normalize fear and anxiety. I want to normalize the fear so it doesn't, so we don't have this anxious reaction to it. So we don't start to evolve into, it doesn't evolve into this belief system and this story that we can't handle the stimulus, we can't handle this body experience, and, and that anxiety ruins people's lives. Question for you from the audience, from Carolyn. She asks, I'm scared of worms. Why? I know they can't harm me, but I'm so afraid of them, I cry. Hmm. Carolyn, where are you? Oh, I just outed you, didn't I? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it, it's a great question, yeah. right? We, we develop this anxiety to things that, mm -hmm. that it's not rational. And that's the point, right? That and I get it. Worms, they, they worms. have a weird right. Yes. Yeah. It, and, it, and it's hard to say without sort of really digging in there a little deeper, Carolyn, about why, why anxiety around worms. Um, but to, to say that at some point there was some association between a worm and the experience that that this was not, it wasn't okay to, to fear it, right? Either it was going to overtake, mm -hmm. going to overtake you, Carolyn, or it was going, it was um, incongruent with a belief system about maybe you, you didn't want to kill a worm um, because of some belief system about nature. And also you were really scared of it in that moment. It was the only way out of being associated with the worm. These kinds of, these kinds of experiences create connections in our brain that then lead to ongoing anxieties. Yeah. Very helpful. So, Let's jump to the other end of the spectrum. There are people who actually seek a good scare, right? Mm -hmm. For example, you're watching a horror movie or you're going to haunted houses and you like anticipate the jump scare, right? Which I sure. think you mentioned earlier. Why do you think it is that some people are actually enjoying being scared? Are they weird? Yeah, no, they're, they're not weird either. <laughs> well, and, and I say this about myself too, because like I also do that at times. Mm -hmm. And um, I also find that I'll watch horror movies and I'll just laugh hysterically. Like it's hilarious. You and me both. But it's, it's not yeah. like, like someone's dying and I'm like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Why? What's, what's wrong with me? What is it about? Yeah. Nothing's wrong with you. The, that the experiences in your body, um, actually are, are, they're preparing sort of preparing for action, but the line between scary and pleasurable is really, really thin. And so what, what can actually happen is that 
we have this this sort of transitory experience of like what what was what was fearful all of a sudden we're noticing the cues in our body and our brain is telling us this is fun right or this is exciting or yeah. this is this feels great this is a thrill exactly and not only that what we know is that the the a place like a haunted house or a scary movie the the experience of fear in those settings continues to last even after we turn the movie off or Mm -hmm. we get off the roller coaster or out of the haunted house or that kind of thing. You know, as we're talking about, you know, how do people overcome their fears? Do people need to overcome their fears? What do you say to that? It's helpful for people to overcome anxieties. Fears, they, they can own as something that it are natural and protect them in some ways. We don't want people to, to walk up to a bear or in front of a moving car, right? We we have a natural instinct that and it keeps us safe. Yeah. But our anxieties, yeah, I do want people to overcome their anxieties. So and my fear of fire, which is very real, mm -hmm. I have not. My kids are fourteen and fifteen. I have yet to light any of their birthday candles. I stay far away. Um, can I get over that? Sure. You or can. is that just going to stick with me forever? No, you can get over it. Yeah. If, but I'm middle aged, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm teaching middle-aged dog new tricks, right? The, um, it is. It is possible. Um, yes, it is. It is possible. But but what what essentially you have to do is recondition your brain so that way that fire no longer holds the same sort of weight that 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 it's going to burn you up or burn your house down or your, your kids or whatever the fear is. Yeah, yeah. Have you personally done work to to face fears? I have. Sure. Yeah. Uh -huh. Care to share? Yeah, I, I will tell you that, m that most of mine have to do with with interpersonal relationships in some sort of way. Oh, or, um, tell. And so they, they um, it might be anxieties about being left out of a group, or it might be anxieties uh -huh. about not being enough or being too much. Those kind of those kind of anxieties, which root from a fear of of that I won't, I'm not going to belong here right or that this group will reject me in mm -hmm. some sort of way and so um so so that has that has been my own experience working with my own therapist um and then also just through introspection um and practice using some of the tools to sort of practice saying i'm going to throw myself into that situation and i'm going to i'm going to notice that the story that my brain is telling me isn't a true story mm. and so in, as I throw myself in and notice that the story is not true, it, it corrects itself. And what I, what I then start to learn is the true story, which is this isn't actually happening at the rate that my brain I tells see. me. So you practice what you preach. Well, I, I try. love it. Mm -hmm. Anything that we can do day to day to just practice working on our fears and anxieties just to get through. Yeah. Yeah. It, if, if you can think of the, the enemy being avoidance, then what we'll learn to do is approach and approach and approach. And when I say we want to approach our fears, I don't mean you have to throw yourself into the spider web when you're afraid of spiders. But what I do mean is that you, if you can keep yourself in the house or if you can stay in the same room while somebody else takes care of the spider, or maybe eventually you can approach the spider and you can take care of the spider yourself, eventually the fear of that spider is going to decrease. Tyler Fortman's a clinical psychologist here in Chicago. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me.